Hey everyone, before that catchy intro music starts, just wanted to give a quick shout out to Brad Tilka for submitting this episode's topic. Thanks Brad, and for those of you keeping score, that is the second of his topics that has been chosen by guests. So be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram, at Pod to submit topics when I reach out. And keep listening to find out what Brad's topic might be. Enjoy the episode. How's about we write some more stories? How's about we tell some more tales? Gather around the fire, maybe read for just a while, and we'll listen to the stories unveiled. Oh, we'll see if we succeeded writing stories no one needed from suggestions that you shared. Hey there, welcome to S'more Stories, a show-and-tell podcast where the showing involves reading stories out loud, which is terrifying, and the telling involves talking about it. My name is Colby. I am your host and creator, I guess. I don't know. I'm still figuring that out. Who knows? Titles are titles. Who cares? Whatever. I'm your host. I'll, I'll, st- I'll stick with that for now. And here on S'more Stories, around the, the metaphorical campfire that we are all gathered around here tonight or today, depending on when you're listening to this, um, we've had lots of different occupations, uh, interests here uh, on the podcast. Whether it's uh, musicians, songwriters, graphic designers, screenwriters, hell, we've even had a dungeon master here, and that's pretty cool. But we have a unique situation here on this episode. I'm joined by my brother, first of all, but also a Baseball player? A sports athlete. Whoa. Crazy. Hello, Colin. Did I say your full name, Colin McHugh? You're, it's the same last name as mine. Yeah, you kind of gave it away. Yeah, you're my brother. Yeah. Hey. Hey. How's it going? It's going great. Was that, was that a good intro? Yep. That's how I introduce myself most of the time. Yeah. I tell, my, I tell people that I have, I'm the dumb jock of the family, but I do like writing. I'm glad you agree with it. I do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, of course not. You are... The opposite of a dumb jock, and we will get into that here in a bit because I think with with s'more stories especially, and you are the second of my siblings to to have joined. Obviously, go back and listen to Evan's episode; it's a fantastic episode. He wrote a great story there. We will definitely get our sister on here at some point, Aaron. Uh, if you're listening, Aaron, go ahead and get ready. Um, but I think <clears throat> one thing that I always like to to kind of dive into with our guests is kind of your background with storytelling and and maybe if you had an interest in writing growing up and I think this is especially interesting for me because I'm selfish because you're my brother and we haven't really had to got, gotten the chance to have a lot of these kind of creative conversations as well um, and I'll go ahead and throw this out there you are not a dumb jock at all like you are what I would say is like against type for a an athlete in general as somebody who is a really good writer and I've read some of the stuff that you've written and it's really really solid I, I've always enjoyed it. Um, I have mom picked out some like stories that I had to write in like elementary school from some box in some basement uh, from all the places that we've lived over the course of the years. And, um, it was terrible, but it was, I was, to be fair, I was in third grade. So what third grader is good at writing? Uh, I thought I was, I, I think that's been my, uh, I think it's been my strength and my downfall is that I've always thought I was good at writing. So I've kept doing it. And at this point 
I either have to stop or have to really pick it up because I am way behind. And I think it's it's interesting how <clears throat> part of your your daily routine is kind of built into your your job as a baseball player. And so is it hard to kind of find time to 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 do something like writing or maybe to even read something, you know, is it hard to kind of break up your routine in that way? Cause I know you kind of have a set routine or try to at least, you know, out of consistency, but does that affect your, your ability to like dive into other things as well? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a terrible reader uh, in the sense that I don't read consistently enough and I read slowly. So when I want to read anything of like, like substance that takes a while, what's the, what's the big series? Harry Potter. The other one. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Less Christian. Hunger Games. Oh, Less Christian. Uh, what? Left uh, Behind. <laughs> it's the most Christian. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not helping me out here. It's the... Uh, is it the Stephen King one? No, it's not. Anyway, they just made a, they just made a movie out of it. Okay. Um, I wanted to read one of those books, and it was like a thousand pages, and I thought, this is going to take me legitimately six months to read. And so you have to really like invest in, in that. Have you tried audiobooks? I have, and I love them. Yeah, that's it's a good alternative. I love them. I feel like I'm cheating a little bit, but that's the rule follower in me. I don't, that's true. You are, if anything, a rule follower for sure. But I think it's okay to break that rule because you're, you're still consuming the story either way. You know, I think that you're still taking it all in and, and enjoying it. I think there's no, there's nothing wrong with an audiobook. I enjoy them myself, but I also do enjoy a, a good physical book as well. Uh, there is something about holding a book in your hands that feels both like substantial and cool. Oh yeah, come on. That's like half the reason why I like to buy books is because yeah, they look cool. They do look cool. Yeah, you look cool. If you if you know, I'm like bragging that I know how to read. <laughs> look at this guy. He knows how to read. Oh my god. Look at what is he? There's so many words in that. He knows so many <laughs> words. He knows at least twenty. Um, I have so many books in my house that I've never read, which is and once again, it's an indictment on on uh my ability not my desire to read um but yeah i love i love writing i've loved reading and writing for a long time you you've always been you've always enjoyed writing like papers and stuff from from my memory of us growing up like when you were in school and stuff and you always enjoyed that side of it i do remember uh you had me read uh, a book i think at one point was it the hobbit Mm mm-hmm and help help you do with that book book know yourself all right and i was happy to help it Love that book. I knew you were a good reader and you enjoyed it. I knew that I was not a great reader and uh, would not have the time to finish it because I'd put myself in a time crunch. But you were also, again, but you were a great writer uh, of, of, you know, essays and kind of book reports, that kind of stuff. Oh, I could BS my way through. Exactly. Like you were so good at that. As long as you could give me some cliff notes, I could fill in the blanks. Yes. I do remember that specifically. But did you ever have any desire to do any kind of like creative writing at all? Because... From my memory, that wasn't ever something that we were ever necessarily encouraged to do, and not even in, in school, because we went to the same school as well. Mm-hmm. But did you ever have that desire to kind of dive into stories? Yeah, so when I, I started playing minor league baseball in 2008, and there was a, I remember there was a distinct moment where I thought, uh, I was like, I can't go through this life of baseball and not write down the things that are going on. Uh, I was like, I'm going to forget them. They are insane, so I need to know. I need to be able to look back and figure out what I did. Uh, so I started writing online. It was like early blog movement where everybody had. Their, it's like a blog spot, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, everybody had a, a something. Totally, I had one when I was a freshman in college too. Yep, but so, yours was more interesting. Well, I was doing something really interesting, so I thought, okay, well, 
it shouldn't be that hard to just tell stories. Um, and I realized that writing is actually hard. There are a lot of nuance to it and telling a story that is compelling is a skill and, um, something that I enjoyed trying to do and trying to do well. So I did that pretty consistently for about five or six years. And then your blog, um, people enjoyed your blog too. Like it wasn't like an unknown thing, like, which I think is really cool. Like people noticed that you were a good writer, like, and people talk about it. I think that's really interesting that you had that kind of other side of you that is atypical for, for an athlete like that as well. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, the juxtaposition of like being a quote dumb jock and like also enjoying something remotely academic, which was for me just creative writing was fun and like yeah got a little traction which i don't know if it i don't know if it deserved it but it was it was novel enough to be something see you're you you are doing the thing that we always do which is not accepting compliments <laughs> we're, i'm terrible at it we're, we're both sorry. bad at it but no i i really did legitimately enjoy the blog when you were doing it and obviously it's taking kind of a backseat to other things you just got life happens you get right? old and you, you get have, old you have things, things happen yeah but i do think it's a it's if you were to go back and read it, like it would be a really cool snapshot of that time in your life where, you know, minor leagues are a very different experience than when you when you are in the major leagues. And, and we should say you play for for our Atlanta Braves here. Braves. Um, we are we are big Braves fans. We grew up big, big Braves fans as well. But when you're in the minors, like you don't have much <laughs> like there's not much going for you. And so for you to kind of supplement that with with your writing that you can then go back and like look at that experience for yourself. I think that's super cool that you have kind of that as a time capsule of, of that experience for yourself. It was kind of like extended captions at that point, like Instagram and you know, all, all the, the social media forms right now, they brevity is really key. Like you have to be interesting in a small amount of words. Yep. Um, TikTok. Yeah. Like yep. back then it was a little bit easier to write a little bit more and have a, at least a couple paragraphs um, to describe what was going on in your life. I mean, it's like a, a diary, essentially. I, I mean, really, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to have like a journal. I was like, oh, I want to be able, to, I want to be a journal person. But I was, I didn't have the consistency or the discipline to do it well. So that was as close as I'll ever get to that. Probably. <laughs> I'm kind of the same way. Like I always wanted to be a journal guy. Like I wanted to like carry around a journal and like handwrite in it. I just don't have the discipline for it yet. No. I think there's still chance for me to, to kind of turn into that kind of person, but um, I have not had success with it just yet. I've always just had to like type things out either on my phone or on, on my laptop and stuff. There's but time. There's time. Yeah. I'm getting there. You could have a prolific journal by the end of your 30. You could be, I mean, you could be 35 and like have four. How many, how old are you? I don't want to talk about it. All right. I'm 30. You don't, you never ask a man how old he is. You know that. How dare you? That's actually, I'm really offended by that. That's don't, rule number one. Don't, don't, don't you dare. First of all, um, I, we, before we introduce the topic, I, I, we should mention that this whole concept for s'more stories kind of stems from a project that me and you did ourselves a few years ago. Maybe like, was it like five years ago at this point? It can't have been that long. It was come like on. F- I think five or six years ago at really? this point. Um, you you had come to me and you because you knew that I enjoyed writing. I hadn't really done much at that point. I just enjoyed the process of it and like writing short little stories. But and you were doing your your blog at that point. I think still and you were interested in, in diving a little bit more into into fiction, into storytelling, that kind of stuff. And I was looking for for an excuse to write more as well. And um, and so we kind of started this 
project very, very similar to what S'more Stories is, where each kind of time we would get together, we also recorded all of our uh, interactions, I guess as episodes. We never released anything, but it was the same concept as S'more Stories. We would take a, a single topic that we would get from some random person and then go and write uh, our own kind of short story based around whatever we come up with, up with for that topic and then record ourselves talking about it and reading them to each other. And I think that it, it was such a fun experience for me. And uh, we did like five or six different stories and episodes and that I wanted to to kind of continue that. And so that was the inspiration, I think, for, for S'more Stories. And so it's very cool that you are here now and we're able to kind of continue that really cool project that we had a while back and still get to continue that conversation. It's a fun and terrifying exercise <laughs> of writing something that no one should probably read, but you're going to, you're going to put it out there anyway. Very little editing. That's a, I mean, I truly have not, I haven't, I told you, I have not read the story that I wrote since I wrote it. So. And I think that's kind of the beauty of it. Like I think, with with s'more stories and we called our our previous project show and tell which so i think when i when i introduced this one as a show and tell podcast that's kind of my homage to to what we did and i have those recordings somewhere maybe maybe if they're on the cloud if somebody gets lucky i'll start a patreon and maybe i'll release somebody has sex he will send it to you that's what i mean that's what you mean by get lucky right Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. If anybody, if anyone has anybody sex. has sex, you get these recordings. <laughs> Hold me to that. <laughs> uh, uh, go over to our Patreon for that. Uh, it's gonna be but, behind a paywall. But I think it is. I don't even remember where I was going with that because you threw me off. <laughs> but we do have we have these these random recordings of these old episodes, and I never released them. We never did anything with them. I don't know if I thought it was gonna be a podcast, but. It was kind of the proto s'more stories, at least, and and so it feels very cool to have it kind of officially coming full circle here. Did you, I feel like that was my first experience of really reading any kind of fiction that you'd written before? I loved it. It was so cool hearing your stories specifically back then, and I already can't wait to hear what your what your current story is for this episode. But was that a fun kind of experience for you, just to kind of throw these random ideas out and then just get to talk about them? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of what you do in like third grade. Like that you do create I remember I had a creative writing class in whatever, I mean, first grade, second grade, whatever it was. And it was the same thing. It was like, here's a topic, write whatever you want about it. And it's like at that point you're writing like four sentences. And you're like, that's good. Dude, I like I wrote the hell out of that. That's basically a movie. Yeah. They should hang that in a museum. Um maybe it was a haiku. That like really jazzed me up. Um, Beautiful, but yeah, I always I was always better at the writing and uh, language part of it than I was at the math part of it. And then I went and was a finance major in college. Yeah, like weird, weird idi- choice. Like an idiot. Yeah, I thought, oh, I'll get a job doing that sometime. And now I'm doing this, which is different. Yeah, it. I I do think, regardless of what you actually studied in college, I think the kind of through line between all of us as siblings is a, a writing interest. And we've applied that in various different ways. Obviously, Evan's a songwriter. Aaron's a great songwriter as well. You've got your blog. You've also done a little bit of fiction. I love just all kinds of writing. Like it's, it. it I think that's kind of the like glue between all of us, mm-hmm. which has been really cool. And, and as I've gotten older into my, my adulthood, yes, I'm 30. 
And like, I, it's cool to kind of see that and actually witness it and be able to like have these conversations now. Cause you guys have always been creative, but, and now I'm, I feel like I'm finally catching up and able to like, be like, oh yeah, I love this stuff too. Like I love, I love getting to talk about it with everybody too and, and kind of get your, your process, your perspective. And that's why like, this is going to be a fun episode <laughs> for sure. I'm already all, so excited. We also are all have pretty different, uh, bents that we like in the creative world. Like I am not, I have not gotten deep into comics. I'm trying. And, uh, we had a, a conversation about manga manga. Shoot. I got it wrong. Oh, I knew no. I got it wrong. It's okay. It's okay. I knew I'll I leave it, it in there for you. Just, just uh, so everybody knows. And I've got some graphic novels over here that you gave me that I've been working my way through. Um, but yeah, I think each of us like enjoy something different. I remember I read my first like George Saunders book of short stories and I was like, oh, this is it. This is like the thing that fires me up. Like reading two acts of like of, of, of an, an idea. He's such a good writer, George Saunders. Oh. We, we've bonded over our love of, of him incredible short story writer Mm -hmm. and i think you've got a point there like when there's something about obviously reading a great book always feels good but there's something really especially interesting about reading a good short story because it's like kind of low commitment Uh uh-huh but you're getting so much out of like a little like you pack so much into a punch right there and then it's done it leaves so much to my imagination exactly yeah it's so cool And, and saunders really does he has kind of mastered a short story, the story, short oh, story man. medium a little bit. His novel, have you read Lincoln and the Bardo yet? I have not. It's it, It's been it on my just, list for forever. It fucked me up in the best way. Yeah. It was so good. Uh, I, I'm excited to check it out. Also, the audiobook of that is a masterpiece. There are so many famous uh, actors in there that do all the voices, and uh, it's it's incredible. Speaking of George Saunders real quick, <clears throat> before we jump into the, into the uh, topic... Uh, me and Brittany recently watched a movie on Netflix uh, based on a George, uh, George Saunders short story. Really? It's called Spiderhead. It's got Miles Teller, our guy Miles Teller in it. We love Miles Teller. We've seen him in Drumline. <laughs> how, dare, how dare you? It's Whiplash. <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm so angry about that. Uh, it's got Miles Teller and it's got Chris Hemsworth in it as well. Oh. Kinda, kind of a hot combo right there. I mean, real hot. Real hot. It's a, it's a weird story too. I really enjoyed it. Um, and it feels like a, like a cool short story, like the way that it, 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 it flows. It's on Netflix, Spiderhead. Check it out for sure. Okay. Um, I'd be curious. I, now I want to go back and read the story, the short story. It's mm-hmm. probably in a collection somewhere. But short stories are just cool, man. Like they're they're just, fun. It's a unique medium, kind of like short films. If you You're ever, right. It is low commitment too, which is that's it's a big deal for my uh, my tiny little lizard brain. For a lot of people too, like – I, I enjoy a, a good 1,000-page novel, for sure. I think it's fun. Like all of us. But I understand it if you don't. That's why like, I would recommend getting a collection of short stories, an anthology, because mm-hmm. you, you get to just kind of get these bite-sized stories that still are able to pack a punch without you having to go 1,000 pages to, to get that full experience. So I will always recommend that. I think it's a really cool medium for stories, and that's why I've kind of copied it for more stories. <laughs> it's just being able to do like little flash fiction stories, you know? All right, so for the topic, we did something a little bit interesting for this one because normally the guest chooses the topic from this great pool of topics coming from you guys as the listeners. But for this one, you didn't want to choose. I didn't. You you gave me a little bit of dealer's choice, which is 
I was a little bit scared of. I was terrified to pick from from our great pool of topics. But uh, I'm curious, why? Why did you want to just let me do it? Was there uh, any reason behind it? It was risky, and I I was worried that if I, I came up with the topic, that I was going to have some preconceived idea of what I wanted to write about it already. Isn't that the point? No, I wanted to be, I wanted to go cold turkey. I wanted to be like, I wanted to feel like I was in the bullpen at a Braves game, and the phone rings, and they go, ring, 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 ring. go, get McHugh up, get him going, fast. And I wanted that same adrenaline rush. And so you gave me the topic and I was like, I'm going to write this as fast as I can. And it was honestly one of, it was one of the more, uh, fulfilling morning experiences of my life. I cannot wait. It was so fun. It. I'm so hearing that makes me so excited. Also great analogy. Uh, it felt like you, if, want if you, guys, heard, if you guys heard the adrenaline in his yeah. voice, get ready for his story. I haven't read it, but I'm so excited. Um, do you want to introduce the topic that I chose? Yeah, so you, uh, I said, hey, like, I, I want to leave it on you. You've got a group of topics. I want you to tell me. And then as soon as you tell me, I'm going to, like, put a timer on. I'm going to get going. Um, and so, yeah, you sent it You sent it over. I think it was just one line in a text, and you said, body odor. And I, <laughs> I, I, I went, I'm going to have writer's block for the rest of my life because there's no, I have nothing on this. And then I, all of a sudden, like it happens. It's a miracle. You, you did. You get a you get an idea, and you're like, "Oh, this is something." It's it's a it was a it was a third of something. That's all you need. Yeah, that's all you need. That's the a fraction of, of something. Exactly. I chose that because I had nothing in mind. Perfect. I didn't know what I wanted to write, and I was like, "This feels like a good challenge." Mm. Like I think it'll be fun. And so let's let's jump into our stories. Um, would you like to read first? Uh, it would be my honor. I would love to have you read first. Uh, do you have a title for yours? Or just body odor. We're gonna go to body odor. I went with body odor. I didn't. Same. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do it. I title. I don't try to force titles. If one comes to you naturally, great. We'll use it. Don't feel like you have to. It's kind of the beauty. When of a it. studio approaches me to buy the to buy this, I will. You can bullshit one real quick. Come up with like hold on, hold on. Give me five minutes. I'll, I got something good. Um. So yeah. So I'm really take- overselling this right now. <laughs> There's no such thing as overselling on Smart Stories. This, okay. is a, this is a podcast of possibilities. Great possibilities. Isn't that inspiring? It is inspiring. Honestly, I feel inspired. I, I just, I, I improv that right there. I just want you to know. Um, okay, so you are going to read uh, your body odor story, and then we'll discuss it. Yep. So take it away. Everybody load up your, uh, your sticks or your, um, your utensils with your marshmallows right over the fire. Yep. Nice. Both sides. Don't get, don't catch it on fire. Don't catch it on fire. Don't be, don't be. It's weird. a raging flame. Don't be weird about it. All right, blow it out. All right, it's time. I promise it doesn't usually look like this. Jake smirked, knowing that statement was both funny and true. This feels like a serial killer's apartment. Bren had been trying to match his wit all night, and finally felt like she had hit her stride. Their humor was both dark and flirty. Jake's immaculately clean apartment was also dark, candlelit, and distinctly sexy. There were books on the shelves arranged by, as far as Bren could tell, color first and then author second. It made for a beautiful, if not confusing, section of first editions. Uh, Can I get you a drink? Whiskey, something, uh, dealer's choice, Bren said in her most confident New York accident. Say less. Jake made his way to the wooden armoire in the back corner of the back room next to the back bedroom. 
From repeated trial and error, he had finally settled on the best arrangement of furniture in his modest but impressive third-floor walk-up. No Chairs encourages most house guests to keep walking to the small green love seat by the record player. The kitchen, nestled through the Art Deco-themed door, provided easy access to a wide array of snacks and drinks he always had on hand. A must in Italian hospitality, of which Jake had been appropriately trained growing up. But through the kitchen, past the Persian runner was the crown jewel, the antique Venetian armoire that he had gotten in the will, the one that had taken him and seven other kind neighbors almost three hours to maneuver into the place. That's where the good stuff was. His extensive Amaro collection, the Spanish brandies that get oohs and ahs whenever he served it in their little vintage yellow glass shooters, and of course the whiskey. None of the overpriced, speculation-driven Kentucky stuff, but an array of scotch that William Wallace himself would have risked getting disemboweled again for. You okay with something a little smoky? Jake yelled from the back room. I gotta see what it is first, feigning any knowledge of drink that she was ordering, or any care for that matter. Bren was here to close the deal. It had been three dates. They had all been good and trending upwards, and now they were back at his place and he was offering drinks. Seeing his bedroom next seemed like a formality at this point. No, no, no. Nobody looks behind the curtain. Jake waved his hand emphatically in a nod to the Wizard of Oz, but in a distinctly Italian gesture. And that's when he smelled it. At first, he thought it was maybe like French cheese that had been left by the liquors, something he had missed when cleaning the place. The odor was strong, and it sizzled a little bit when it hit the nose the first time. Nobody was going to mistake this for old cheese. He quickly lifted his armpits and craned his neck to get all the way in there. Bryn had been fidgeting on the green velvet loveseat, eyeing the vinyls below the record player, trying to decide if Al Green was a little too on the nose for tonight. Speaking of on the nose, what the hell was that? Oh, hell no, she thought. I know I said I'll try anything once, but that smells like... What does that smell like? It was musty, but oddly strong, even two rooms away. Bryn had the same first inclination. Getting a good whiff of her underarm, she was pleased with how they held up in the New York summer heat. Jake was a surprising guy at almost every level. Buttoned up at first, but becoming more interesting the more time they spent together. Everything he said or did seemed very on purpose, so she just assumed the smell was no different. Some fermented papaya or 300-year-old kimchi or whatever. It smelled like shit, though. She got up from her seat and summoned up the courage to follow the smell hoping the big reveal would match whatever her expectations were. As Bren crossed the kitchen threshold, Jake calmly but assertively slid the glass coupe across the marble countertop directly into her hand at the other end of the bar. A la James Bond. Whiskey sour. Don't ask what's in there, just trust me, Jake said jokingly, never breaking eye contact. I hope it tastes better than it smells, she said. They both paused. A little too long. Jake had forgotten about the smell. He'd gotten too used to it, I guess. And she was too close to ground zero now. She had assumed a smell that strong was something that he wanted to talk to her about. Politely explain to her what it was and why it was actually cool like everything else in this place. But he froze. And she saw him freeze. So she froze too. Uh, give me one second, Jake said. And he moved back into the back room. Past the armoire and quickly slipped into his room shutting the door behind him. The closer he got to it, the more muddled the smell became. It had been mingling with the Clorox odor for a couple days now. 
Bodies wrapped in cellophane are supposed to be easier to dispose of, but this one had been particularly heavy. Friendly neighbor number six hadn't missed many meals, and just barely fit through the narrower than usual doorways of the apartment when he was standing up. He liked Bryn. She seemed to get him. His humor, dark and flirty. She might understand. She might help him get the corpse down the stairs, back into the van. They might be on the verge of something really special. Then again, she might not get it. She might freak out. And she had already smelled it. He reached for the blade and tucked it into his jeans neatly. I hope she likes the drink, though. Damn. <laughs> All right. That was uh, your body odor story. Wow. Dude, I loved that. That was so good. I was fully uh, invested. I wanted to know what the mystery was. Um, I think their chemistry was really nice in the beginning. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. 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 I have many questions. First, I want to hear your your process with it. You mentioned that you did you write it all in one sitting? Yeah. Yeah. I did. That's okay. I love that. Tell me about it. I started writing. I went to a coffee shop in the morning and I thought, all right, I'm going to write about this. Here in Atlanta? Yeah. Which one? We uh, always want to shout out our places. Yeah. I went to Hodgepodge up here. Oh, right down the road. East Atlanta. Yeah. Hell East yeah. Atlanta, baby. Um, and yeah, sat down and thought, body odor. What What am I thinking of? And literally the first thing that came to my mind was dead, rotting body. Literal body odor. Literal, like from a like dead from body. A, from a human body. Yep. Like the stink that comes from death. Okay, so so how, how how did you get to kind of this specific idea of like kind of setting it up almost like a like a meet cute almost or yeah. like a date setting? Yeah, in my head, like I had watched that show you on Netflix, and um, the main guy in it was also the main guy in uh, what was it the the Upper East Side Gossip Girl Gossip Girl yeah. Yeah, Pen, yeah, yeah. Pen Badgley. There you go, great name. And he also played Jeff Buckley in a movie. Right, and he's got like a cool but creepy vibe about him always. Totally. Yeah, um, he's also like hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is what I was like channeling. I was like walking into whatever his like Williamsburg apartment is. There's like brick on the walls. It's cool, like high ceilings. Yeah, they yeah. Had, had drinks a couple times. You walk into that place, he's got like a routine. He knows how to like he knows how to get it done. Um, and he's also killed people. Yeah, um, he's very like, charming. But yeah, like something went wrong and I was like, I don't know where it's going, but like I want to write a date first and then I want to, then we can get to the good stuff. It's interesting that you set it up. You're like, okay, I want to do this date setting. And then you kind of think to yourself, how can I mess it up? Like that's, that's such a cool like writing technique. You're like, what can I throw at them to make this terrible? <laughs> yeah. And like trying to write from somebody who's on a date too. you, like you walk into a place and you're like, what do I want to see? What are all the things I want to see? Let's check some boxes here. Yeah. Um, what are some What are some boxes to check? So is it clean? Yeah. Good. Are good. You, number one. Are you walking to a place? Is it like? Is it relatively clean? Is it not cluttered? Is it interesting? Is there something that like catches your eye? Do they have a great bookshelf full of lots of comic books and? I mean, <laughs> swords. Everybody's looking for comic books and swords. If you see a sword on the wall, stay. That's a keeper. Yeah. 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 Forever. For sure. We we say We're going to keep you forever in this fridge. Me yeah, and Colin do both own swords separately. <laughs> we do both separately own swords. Yes. Which is honestly a cool brag. Yep. I am not I'm not displaying mine well enough, I don't think, but 
Uh, I don't currently as well, but they will be. You're right. We're just not finding the right place for it. The right place is, is right above. <laughs> we're honestly replacing the TV. Yeah. I would rather be looking at my own swords than looking at a TV. So <clears throat> I, there's a couple things that I that I love specifically about your story. I love any good mention of William Wallace, mm-hmm. our Scottish roots. Hell yeah. Love referencing our, <laughs> our heritage. Yep. Um, For somebody who's not a big whiskey drinker, which I am not, I do appreciate a good scotch. That's true. That's the other thing I was going to mention. You have a great love for cocktails and wines and I've anything that I know about wine and alcohol in general, I've learned from you and the other siblings, a hundred million percent. And so it was very cool that you were able to kind of translate that into this story and, and make it a character trait for Jake and make it. Seem like like he's a believable dude. He loves a good cocktail. He who has a great collection. Who doesn't of love stuff. a good cocktail? Exactly. And so, uh, my next question is: Are you a serial, serial killer as well? Uh, if I a serial killer never reveals his tricks, you know that. That's true. I do know that. That's rule one of serial killer school. I do. I think it's very interesting. This was. I didn't have any expectations going in to what I thought your story was going to be like. I like trying to just come in blind. Right. But. I don't think I expected it to be like a serial killer type story. Dark, yeah. Yeah, because I am the one that likes dark shit. You I'm know? a pretty sunshiny, sunshiny <laughs> You are guy, a very yeah. sunshiny guy. I think I have done my best to corrupt you yeah, with, you with a little bit of horror, a little mm-hmm. bit of, you know, wild stuff as well. And so I think this is the the uh, the harvest of the seeds that I have planted exactly. in you, yep. of the horror seeds. You reap what you sow. And I we... think this is me reaping. Yeah, like you, I love this story. Like this is the reaping. Yeah, I honestly could be a cool title for the go. story, the reaping. I'm just throwing that out, out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I think I think it was cool. Like, I love that you're kind of you dive into you know something a little bit darker, but also like you're able to to have kind of a lighter tone to it as well, which is a, kind of a hard balance to find because sometimes it's a little bit more like edgy and like you know serial killer, dark that kind of stuff. But you're able to have like no, it's a date. He just happens to also be a killer. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, like a, a very cool tone to set for it. I mean, like like in that show, you and in Dexter, like they're hot they're hot guys. Like they they're doing they're doing the most with what they got. But they also love just like killing people and like seeing blood and stuff. Um for me, I know the serial killer bit is yeah, it's the dark part, but like I also like I like a good chick flick. Like I love, I love a good meat cute. And so if you can mesh the two in, why not? Right. I love a, I love a good genre bending. Like you're, you're kind of just mixing different things together, creating something totally new. And I think that's kind of the fun part about these kind of mini stories is that you can allow yourself. Obviously there's a limitation of like words that you kind of want to fall between somehow, but like you're able to kind of try different things with, with these mini stories by just like kind of mixing stuff together. And I think that's really fun that there's that allows for that kind of freedom within a big limitation like that as well. I do want to ask a question. I've, so I've always heard in uh, journalistic writing, which I also love uh, sports journalism. I I really, really like, and um, I've read a lot of it over, over my years, but they talk about like bearing the lead. Like don't, don't let people know exactly what you're about to explain to them in the first sentence or they'll stop reading. I do mention a serial killer in like the third line of the of the story. Did that no, set the tone? I think that's a good callback. Okay. Like I think it's not an unusual thing for somebody to say like as a joke. Mm-hmm. Like I could see myself saying that like if I was just 
on a date and I went to somebody's place and I was, it was like kind of messy. I'd make a joke like, yeah, this kind of looks like a serial killer's apartment because mm-hmm. I love serial killers. <laughs> I love talking about that stuff. And so for me, it's like when you're when I'm reading a date like that and that's in the first couple lines, I'm like, yeah, that feels like a normal thing like a, to somebody that somebody would joke about. And then when in the last couple sentences, when it is revealed that Jake is a serial killer, that was like, oh, that, I like that. Like that's a really cool callback to that because All you right. set it up right there in the beginning. And then by the end of it, you're like, oh, duh. Like that makes sense. It's yeah. My, it's my M. Night Shyamalan. Exactly. exactly. You're a big M. Night fan. This is my sixth sense. We've, we've, before we started recording, we uh, learned that Colin has never seen The Sixth Sense. Don't ruin it for Stop him. Stop. Ju- do not. Don't you dare do spoil it for it. him. Just kidding. It's been spoiled so many times. <laughs> but but I do think, I think that, I just think it's, it's a really cool story. Do, did, did you enjoy writing it? Was it good, a good experience being able to kind of get it all out in this one kind of coffee uh, coffee shop session it really is so to be able to flesh flesh out like an idea quickly doesn't happen very often so this is like a really good exercise in um like trusting yourself really like is what it comes down to like trusting that your idea has any sort of legs worst case scenario it doesn't and you get to the end of a couple pages and you're like well that kind of sucked and i've done that a couple times yeah this podcast. I've done it's that okay so many times yeah, yeah and i think that's that's what I've learned throughout this is that like it's okay to to write a couple pages and be mm-hmm. like, this isn't a great thing. I'll change it, do something else. Yeah, this came out in like one little throw up. So that, that feels good. Yeah, that felt good. That felt that felt really. I texted good, you I'm afterwards sure. and I was like, I just finished this. I liked it. it was I was great. like, I just told you the topic I like <laughs> this morning. <laughs> yeah, I was so excited. I set my timer like forty seven minutes. There you go. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm so impressed with it. Here's what I always like to ask guests: is would you ever? Like go back to this story. Like, would you ever want to expand it, maybe, or change it around, or like, or if, or do you think it's it's done? It's kind of you like what you did with it. Like, what what do you want to do with it? I would say I love uh, short movies too, like shorts. Um, I think visually, some things work so much better if you can see what's going on um, versus if you're just reading it. If it's just left to your imagination, like you have you have your brain. But if you have if you have a film in some capacity, like you have seventy people's brains on that thing, so you just I feel like you just get a a more well rounded version of it. Usually, doesn't always make it better, right? As we've seen from movies adapted from, or series adapted from writings. But for sure, in general, like I love watching a a short. If I can spend six minutes watching something that's just like immaculately put together it's the best it's the best so would would you, would you want to in an ideal world would you want to turn this into a short film is that what you're saying yeah that would be hell fun. yeah yeah that would be so cool i would watch that yeah yeah in a heartbeat uh while we're talking about shorts real quick before we jump into my story let's just give a shout out to my all-time favorite short film all-time favorite it's Th- the best thunder road thunder road by uh, jim cummings great all-time my favorite short film i've introduced it to you it's incredible all the siblings I've told so many people about it. I introduce it. it to everybody I, yeah. I meet. <laughs> Just go watch Thunder Road. Plug it again. Thunder Road by Jim Cummings. I think it's on Vimeo. Yeah. Check it out. He has he has a full-length movie that he adapted out of it. It's also fantastic. I can't go into it. I can't, I, this will turn into a Thunder Road podcast. I know, I know. But shout out Jim Cummings. He's a great guy. Uh, okay, so I'm excited to, to read you my story because it is very different. Let's and, go. And I say, that, I say that every single episode. Of course they're different. But like I think that's the fun part that's about it. That's the this. best part. Okay, yeah. okay. So I'm going to read my body odor story. Again, I don't have a title for this one as well. So body odor number two. Mm-hmm. Untitled body odor number two. That's what we'll go with. Um, and then we'll, t- we'll discuss it. We'll talk about it. Let it rip. Okay. Ew. 
You know what I really miss, Ronnie? Like, really miss? You could probably guess, since you know me so well after all this time. Okay, okay, fine, I'll tell you. I miss golf. I miss waking up early before the sun cracks over the sky and heading out to the field, still wet with the morning dew, sipping a steaming cup of black coffee. It's the simple things, Ronnie. The simple things that'll get you through a tough day. The empty deodorant container sat on a rock facing the emaciated man as a small bonfire flared near them, lighting his beard and gaunt face in wild shadows. It did not respond, yet he continued. Ooh boy, Ronnie, if you could have seen me out on those links. I used to fire rockets off the tee, let me tell you. Absolute smokers. You think I could fix myself a club out here? I bet you a million bucks I could. Give me a week, Ronnie, and I'll have a functional nine iron ready to launch some coconuts about a mile or two. Deal? Deal. As always, Ronnie, the scuffed up bit of plastic that used to have a purpose, remained silent. Didn't matter much to the man who'd gone full, Wilson! with his quiet friend. Before he found Ronnie, the man had been dangerously lonely. Who wouldn't be? Being stranded on this island alone for 14 months dragged on like being dragged through mud. The malaise of being alone that long had ravaged the man's mind, allowing the space for something new, something special, something like Ronnie. Oh, what a day it had been when Ronnie washed up on the shore, as if sent from a higher power. Name your religion. It didn't matter to the man. He was grateful to the entire pantheon of Earth for finally being sent some company. It quickly became evident that Ronnie might as well have become the man's own personal god, an idol his broken mind pieced together to keep from fully shattering. There was only a single member of the cult of Ronnie, and this man made up the entire congregation, its leader, its follower, and its prophet. Ronnie ascended, lifted by the frail arms of this toothpick of a man. Turns out, those arms weren't so useless after all, especially after the man stuck to his word and carefully crafted a semi-functional club of sorts, out of branches, palm fronds, and whatever else he could scrounge up. He overshot his original goal of one week by about three years, give or take a month. Turns out, focusing on simply surviving takes priority over one's hobbies, in the real world and on this crummy island. Taking a few practice swings as Ronnie looked on, observant as always, the man felt his confidence build. Get ready to pay up, Ronnie. Don't think I forgot about our deal. Sure, we made it a while back, but this mine here is a steel trap. One million buckaroos, that's U.S. American dollars, just in case you needed to be sure. I'd like it in cash, Ronnie. Twenties and singles, and I'll let your rotten brain figure out why. A couple more practice swings to get the weight of the club right. The man didn't want to whiff in front of Ronnie and embarrass himself after all the shit he'd been talking all these years. Ronnie would never let him live that down. Hey, Ronnie, why don't you give me a little bit of pump-up music? Your name isn't Roddy James Deodorant for nothing. A moment like this needs something epic, like Holy Diver. Wait... Strike that. A deeper cut, like don't talk to strangers. It'll be a play on how we're, you know, not strangers. All right, whatever, Ronnie. Don't look at me like that. I'll have my own interior soundtrack as I launch these coconuts. Shouldn't have asked for your help in the first place. The man pulled his club back into an upswing, glancing one more time at his friend with a smirk. Get that money ready, Ronnie. He let it fly, overswinging badly. The makeshift club struck the ground first, using his own force to snap it in two, barely touching the coconut he'd placed before them. He stared for a moment at the carnage in his hand, his hours, days, months of hard work, gone in less than a second. The symbolic eyes of Ronnie bore into the man as he held what remained of the club. Ha! That was... Fuck, Ronnie, I gotta say, that was not what I had in mind. Now, I know what you're thinking. I'm gonna get you your money. I'm a man of my word, Ronnie, I swear to God. 
Ronnie's endless, quiet stare told the man everything he needed to know. Ronnie, don't look at me like that, man. I'm telling you, a million dollars, it's yours. Just give me some time, Ronnie. I don't like it when you get that look, man. You know I don't like it. He tossed the broken club away and inched towards Ronnie, careful not to make any sudden movements and spook his friend. Well, they wouldn't be friends for long after what the man did next. In a split second, he snatched Ronnie from his perch and slung him into the sea as far as his arms could sling. There was no Tom Hanks wailing here, no sympathetic orchestral music to make the audience feel inspired. None of that. Just a man who tragically broke things off with his only friend and over such a trivial thing as money. To be fair, the man said out loud, where was I going to get a million bucks? The end. That is my my body odor story. <laughs> yes. I I love a good Desert Island story. I love a good Desert Island scenario, first of all. Um, I probably bring that up and the bullpen more like more than more than one person should as like, it's such a good conversation starter I, right it should be a conversation starter but i keep bringing it up i'm like no no well like let's tell me more let's think about it like really think through it we've been watching that movie or that show alone dude great right? show right so the loneliness is the thing that'll kill you solitary right it's like literally solitary confinement out there so what were you thinking when you wrote this you know i think <clears throat> with with body odor i didn't want to go super literal with it I wanted to kind of just let myself do something weird, which is kind of what I always want to do with these stories, but sometimes going literal is good, you know? But with this one, I think I wanted to, to try something that I hadn't really done before, and I think, like, kind of a survival little story was something that sounded interesting to me. And I think it really just came down to the name Ronnie James Deodorant. <laughs> like... I thought of that and I was like, that's really funny to me <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know. I, I don't know if that reference would go over people's heads, but Ronnie James Dio was like an old hard rock singer from like the seventies. I don't even like his music. I'm not a fan. I don't know why that's what popped in my head, but it did. And I was like, that's too funny to not do something with. You're hitting a specific niche of your audience right in the stomach that I don't even like. I don't even like that kind of music really. It was just too funny of a joke. This is what happens to me. I come up with a stupid idea in my head, like Kill Collins, and I'm like, that's funny to me, and now I have to do something with it. And so with Ronnie James deodorant, I was like, great. This is the story I have to tell now. To be fair, though, I liked this one. This was fun. Like, I enjoyed kind of the getting to write a character who has kind of lost it, you know, but also have it not be sad and have it just kind of be funny and lighthearted. Um, in my head, at least, I don't know. Maybe if if you read that as sad, that's possible as well. I guess. No, I got like a man I, losing his friend. I get like Bill Murray vibes here. That's kind of yeah, like not Tom Hanks. He's too good of an actor, right? But yeah, somebody like less than Tom Hanks for sure. I mean, Bill, uh, Bill, yeah, just like he's not taking himself super seriously. No, it could be a good Bill Murray role. Yeah, for sure. I'll I'll check in with him, see if he wants it. See what he's doing. See if he has yeah. any work yeah. coming his way. He's fine. He's got he's got nothing but time. He's so young. <laughs> But, but yeah, I think it's like, I love writing dialogue and so, and, and in stories like these, in these short stories, sometimes getting dialogue is hard. Like your mm -hmm. story, a lot of dialogue kind of built around that kind of conversation between those. But with a lot of these ideas, it's just kind of like an idea and like descriptions of stuff. But I wanted to kind of work dialogue in there, even if it's clearly one-sided with this man who I don't even name. I, I didn't want to give him a name. I felt like that was just kind of like. I was just going to give him a bad name anyway. And so I was like, I'll just call him the man. 
because the real important character here is Ronnie James Deodorant. Correct. Of course. And, you know, I think it was fun to kind of write from the perspective of talking to just a, an empty deodorant container. <laughs> like, I just thought that was fun. And I had a good time with it. I really enjoyed it. It took me a little bit longer. I didn't quite write it in one session like you. I wasn't that lucky. But um, but this was kind of the first idea that I came up with. And I just kind of stuck with it throughout. I, this is one of the fir- one of the few that I've done so far that I didn't. I didn't like go back and change much. Mm-hmm. I kind of just finished it and was like, oh, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> Which normally takes me a lot longer to come around to something and, and realize that, oh, okay, okay, this is a decent story. But with this one, I was like, oh, this is fun. And then I was kind of done with it. Like, like, you, like you, I didn't necessarily, once I finished it, I didn't go back and necessarily do any editing. Yeah. No. I did read through it while I was at work today uh, just to like be like, okay, this doesn't suck, yeah. I think. Um, but I didn't, I didn't really change anything. And so, uh, what, something about body odor, we found, we found our, our stories here. I don't know what that tells us about us personally, but maybe we should check our, our pits sometimes and <laughs> make sure we, we don't smell like shit. I do, I do a, I do a pit check about once a day. I'll smell something and be like, mm, that smells like me. Honestly, I think it's, it's important for people to do that. People should be self-aware. There are a lot of smells in a clubhouse though. So you have to, you be... specifically do have a unique yeah. perspective on that. Yeah. You smelled some my stuff. My nose might be broken by this point. Well, you did also lose your sense of smell for a while. I did for a year <laughs> like and a half. For a year, like, I lost my sense of smell for a year and a half. That's not I, even a joke necessarily. And it was honestly not because of COVID, which is no. which is a completely part. different thing. Well, like you get your sense of smell back and you're like, oh my God, like the world has color again. The locker room has I scents. Mean, so many scents. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, glad for you. I'm glad you're back in the world of smells. I am too. It was a lonely time. It was a lonely time. I can imagine. It's it's. Really... I could have used a friend like Ronnie James deodorant <laughs> at that point. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know why Ronnie James deodorant stuck in my head, but I I I think I enjoyed the story that I told, and that's like that's fun. I I don't get to say that about all the stories that I, that I write for this. Is it fun in part because? You have so many conversations with yourself inside your head at times too. Yes, a hundred percent. And yeah. with the podcast, like I get to have those conversations outside of my head too. And so I get the best of both worlds with this. I have so many conversations just with me and myself. Yeah. And do you have do you do that like on the mound? Uh, no. At this point, it's kind of in the zone. It's, it's pretty rote. Yeah. At this yeah. point, I'm like, all right. It's like there's like a formula. I know how to do this. I've done this a lot of times. But the the pre pitching bit where you're like having a conversation with yourself about how you're about to do like when you're in the bullpen oh yeah oh like when you're getting yourself hyped up it's still very real yeah there's a lot of self-talk i i can totally imagine i I, I, obviously i can't actually imagine what that specific situation is like but i feel the same way whenever i'm getting ready to like do anything where i'm doing something in front of people i have to like talk myself into it oh yeah you know whether i'm like at work about to like give a presentation in front of people or or, or for every single time I start a, an episode of this podcast, I have to like talk myself up into it to just start. Yeah. And so, yes, I would, you know what? You're right. I would equate starting this podcast with being an MLB pitcher. Uh, very equal situations, I would say. Not different. Not different. <laughs> yep. The same. Um, it's, it makes, it makes sense though. Like you have, there are things you have to do that are uncomfortable. Yes. Talking in front of people generally and the I think in the census that people would say like speaking in front of people top five fear yes for sure for sure for most people for yep. sure I, I and I think and even as an extension of that 
writing something and sharing it with the world is that is the exact same feeling of like just being vulnerable and like it's very vulnerable opening yourself to criticism potentially to other people yeah and i think with with these stories it's like low stakes Mm -hmm. you know you can tell a fun story and i'm not gonna give you notes on did it. you watch did you watch Behind Our Parents Back because we were not allowed to? Did you watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh I made I watched a few episodes as a kid and was very scared. And so was, I did not watch. Yeah, no, it was more. terrifying. Yeah. We, this was uh, when I grew up, it was like the golden age of scare the shit out of your kids. Goosebumps too. Yeah. Same deal. They loved was that. never allowed to read Goosebumps. No, we were not no, that was not okay mm-hmm. in our household. But the ones you're right, the ones that I did watch, I was like, I am scared. But I also like, but I never liked horror movies. I think I'm missing out. I think you're you're growing into it more as an adult. I'm trying. Like you, you've watched a, a lot since we've been. I don't dislike being scared on purpose as long as I know it's coming. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Which I think when you're watching a horror movie, you kind of, you're in that mindset you kind anyway. Of do. Yeah. Um, and weird that you brought up, <laughs> are you afraid of the dark? Because that's, each episode is a different episode, is a different story. And like that kind of anthology is like individual short horror stories you know yeah. and so even back then you enjoyed consuming those small stories in a different way i'm thinking of over a campfire do i have some sand that i can like toss on top of that this image fire? is gonna be so Just... burned in my brain yeah it's pretty good yeah i should do that because obviously when we're reading the episode re- reading the stories mm-hmm. uh we've got the flames kind of crackling behind right. us just for the aesthetic and obviously we're we're not around an actual campfire believe it or not there's a i will set a fire right now if you want me to right on this table don't tempt me <laughs> don't don't you dare tempt me but but i do think that that that, that image of are you are you afraid of the dark throwing sand over the fire will forever be burned into my brain yeah I, you know there's I, people told that's the old like anthropology story of like people telling stories around a fire for millennia of human beings because that was the only way you could do it before you had writing i had to explain to my kids what prehistoric meant and I didn't know, and then they told me in the kids' book that prehistoric means before there was written stories. Oh, yeah. So there was wow. like a long time when humans existed before there was a, the written word. So the only thing you could ever do to relay anything to your children were through stories. So if you weren't a good storyteller, you're screwed. Nobody's gonna remember you. You're screwed. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. I will attest that as a parent, like being able to tell a good story. Yes, it helps kids go to sleep better, but you're also telling them stories about real life things that you want to get across. And if you're not telling it in a compelling way, then it's not going to happen. They're not going to enjoy it. No. I'll, I'll ask you this: Do when when you tell your kids stories, do you improv them or do you pull from a from a source? Uh, you, it's usually improv. It's okay. usually like a cool. gi- yeah, like cold. Give me a topic, and they'll give me a topic. And body I'll odor. Right. Right. Yeah. So maybe I have more practice in this than I think it, I do. It, I think being a parent just kind of forces you to do that stuff. Not that I would know. Not the, but but it's there. You literally are just improving a story right off the top of your head. Like that's kind of in your wheelhouse a little uh-huh. bit. For a long time, I had a running uh, uh like a running series with um, Sammy the Chicken Finger, and he lived a long and hard life. Did you kill him? He died off. Yeah, we we killed him off off screen. No, no, it, oh, was, on it was pretty dramatic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it was no, pretty it was graphic. Pretty, it was pretty dramatic. Yeah, it's pretty graphic. There's a lot of honey mustard involved. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> the worst of the condiments. I know, but 
he lived a good life, and he he got us through a lot of nights. Um, I'm disappointed that Sammy the Chicken Finger didn't show up in your story. He will. I'll he, forgive it though. Yeah, he should make an appearance in the sequel. <laughs> in the sequel. In the sequel. We'll see if we can work him in. I would. I think. I do think it would make for a great a great short film. We should we should get in touch with our filmmaker friends and we have enough. Yeah, we could do it. We've got a lot of cool, creative, and talented friends that we can make it happen, for sure. <clears throat> All right. So the last thing that we, I always try to squeeze into these episodes is we want to try to highlight stories that that we've consumed that we would want to recommend to listeners. And so I'm I always have been calling this uh, this segment story spotlights as of the last episode. Um, I like that. I like how it sounds. Story yeah, spotlights. Me too. Um, so have you have you consumed anything of late that you you've really enjoyed whether it's a tv show a movie a podcast video game anything like that yes um i'm thinking of a couple feel free to do a couple i'm thinking uh, two yeah yeah i'm thinking one written, rule breaker um, one written and one you can uh view with your eyeballs uh the written one was something we have a book club in atlanta that i have been um so happy with over the last couple of years that we started during the pandemic. We would be out, meet outside by the fi- literally by the fire. Mm-hmm. I'll read a book that month, talk about it. It's been wonderful, and we read we've read a lot of really good books from a lot of different genres. Uh, but the one that I really really liked was this book called Piranesi. Uh, how do you spell that? Or how is that? How do you? How is that P-I-R-A-N-E-S-I. Piranesi. Wow. Piranesi. Um, and it's, who's the writer? It's a little post-apocalyptic. I'd have to remember. I have to look it up. No worries. Um, and it's so strange and wonderful. I don't want to give apocalyptic a little bit. It's it's a little dystopian. Um, there's some time traveling involved. It's not long. It's really digestible, but it's a different world. Like you're putting yourself in a, in a fully different world. And, um, it was a great little escape. I read it in like, I don't read fast, and I read it in a weekend and felt fantastic about it. It sounds like something that, uh, like a, a story that I wouldn't have guessed that you would have enjoyed. Yeah. Which is very exciting, because that sounds like right up my alley for sure. I've enjoyed all kinds of things. Um, yeah, this one was a little sci-fi, a little a little fantasy, a little dystopian. Yeah. Um, and it was, honestly, was wonderful. Nice. Uh, the thing that I would, and I have been recommending this to people for multiple years now, um, if you have not watched Fleabag, Fleabag, I believe it's on Prime. What, what's Am- it on? Amazon Prime. It's on Prime now. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, season one and season two are yep. just so good. It's two of two of the best seasons of television I've ever watched. And I've watched a fair amount of television. You you do you're a good television guy. Yeah. You enjoy it. I've, I've had enough. Yeah. Um but it is I mean, Phoebe Waller Bridge is one of the better writers I've ever Oh, she's amazing. I can absolutely yeah, second this recommendation it's so, myself. It's so good. It's so good. The writing's amazing. It started off uh, as a one-woman play uh-huh. by her, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, uh, and was so successful that she turned it into a two-season show on Prime. And they're, I would say both seasons are kind of a package deal. Like, watch them both. They're short. You'll they're, finish it quickly. Yeah. It's super digestible. Very yeah. digestible. And then it's done. And then you just have to sit with it and uh, understand that there's not going to be any more and own that. It is. I it's mean, amazing. Th- so the the first season is is essentially the timeline of the of the one woman, one woman play, and the second season is fully new out of her brain, and 
I don't think I knew that. They're equally just yeah. beautiful pieces of art. I They're so them. good. Great recommendation. I want to check out the book for sure. Pure Nazy. Pure Nazy, yeah. Pure Nazy. Um, my recommendation, my story spotlight um, for this episode is uh, a movie that me and Brittany saw uh, either last night or a couple nights ago um, in theaters at uh, Midtown Arts Cinema here in Atlanta. Love that theater. Great theater. Um, but we saw the uh, Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Oh, with Jenny Slate? With Jenny Slate. It is so great. It's so endearing. It's gentle. It's, like, patient. It's also incredibly funny. <laughs> like, the writing, the script is is so just perfect for what it was going for. And if anybody's unfamiliar with what Marcel the Shell is, it's essentially a, a YouTube like viral video from like a decade ago, right? Like from a while ago that was on YouTube, I think. And it was just this, uh, this series of videos where it was this little claymation shell that had an eye and shoes on voiced by the, the fantastic Ginny Slate, great comedian, great actress. Yeah. And, um, and it was like this cute little voice and talking about this little shell, talking about all the things that it would do throughout the day. And, Fast forward a decade later, they've made a full-length movie out of it. It's an A24 movie, so it's got, like, real production value behind it, real production uh, company, and it is so good. Like, it's the kind of movie that everybody would like. Like, if if somebody didn't like this movie, I would be suspicious of that. Could I take my children to it? I would, think so. Yeah? Yeah, like, it's PG. Okay. Totally PG. There's nothing, like, adult in it. It deals with some adult themes, like grief and dealing with like death and stuff but not in a way that is those are also children themes exactly which i'm learning you're right i mean Bam- at, they ask in, about in like it, yeah. in a movie like bambi there is death in uh-huh. it, you know and so every disney movie there is it always deals with it it starts with death and i think i think this movie deals with it in a way that you know a 10 year old can appreciate but i loved the movie Brittany loved she cried the whole time in a, in a very great way and so <clears throat> catch it while, while it's in theaters, like go see it, get a night out. It'll make you happy. It'll make you smile. It'll probably make you cry at some point. Very good, happy tears. Um, and so I can't recommend it enough. Marcel the Shell, Jenny Slate. I read Little Weirds, her, uh, her memoir. Is it good? It's so good. I've, I imagine it would be good. It is weird. Yeah. It is weird. And she, she prefaces it by saying that, but it is very, I mean, in terms of like writing, is very well written. She's it's great. Very interesting. Yeah. I, I'm a fan of hers for sure. Um, she, if you don't know Jenny Slate, she's in one of my other favorite shows, Parks and Rec. She is... As Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa. <laughs> Mona Lisa Ralphio. Mona Lisa Ralphio. One of the better characters that TV has ever brought us. Yeah. She's just incredible. Incredibly unlikable uh, in the best way. And her brother, John Ralphio. Yeah. Just all-time great characters. All-time great. She's just a great, great, talented comedian and actress. And mm. uh, she's a great stand-up as well. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. Ugh. I think she she contributed to the script on Marcel the Shell Jenny, as well. thank you for all of this. So yeah. she's a fan. She'll she'll hear this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's she's listening. We'll, we'll get you on at some point, Ginny. Excited to have you. But definitely recommend it. Go see it uh, for sure. So you got a couple different recommendations from us. You got a book. You got a TV show and you got a movie. Kind of the, the holy trinity of, of culture. You have no excuses. Watch some stuff. We, Go we consume, just gave you your week consume plans. Consume some content. Yes. We're giving it to you for a reason. We got story spotlights. We want to spotlight these great stories. So check that stuff out. Um, we'll, we'll have some more stuff next next episode, of course. So any kind of last thoughts um, 
before we finish up, I always want to like kind of give you a chance to shout out any things that you're doing. Obviously, you are busy. You are in the middle of your baseball season currently. Yeah. yeah. Um, but any plans in the future? Any any kind of creative stuff that you're going to jump into at, at some point? I'm asking selfishly for myself because I want to hear all your stories and stuff that you do. So I love, uh, unsurprisingly, I love baseball. I love it in almost all of its forms. Um, And I just, I'm so interested in what people think about baseball right now. Like what the average person in America thinks about baseball right now. Um, And how we can make sure everybody appreciates baseball the way that baseball can and should be appreciated. Um, so I'm send me your thoughts, send me your prayers, <laughs> send me all of your baseball, um, you know, dreams. Where can, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at C McHugh. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Colin underscore McHugh. Now it might be confusing. Our names are pretty similar. <laughs> it is Colby and Colin McHugh. Both starting with C. I was the original. So I have COL. Yeah. Yeah. It's honestly too similar. Thanks mom and dad. No, C McHugh and on Instagram, C or Colin underscore McHugh at Twitter. Send us some messages. Yeah, let me know what you think. Uh, how we can make the game better. Yeah, I have some ideas. I think it'll be great. What are? Give me, give me one idea for you, real quick, just so I can know. I would love to. You know, a drunk history. Of course. All right. So, drunk history is a fantastic show and premise. I would love to, just like a fan, start drinking when the game starts, and. Uh, like narrate a game with two players through an entire baseball game. Do you still have the potential to get put in that game? That would be a wonderful twist. I like that. I don't know if that would be, I don't know if somebody would let me do that. I, it would make for a fantastic television. It's good content. It's great That's content. really good content. Worst case scenario is that I'm not in the game, but I do know all of the players and start talking shit about them in about the sixth inning. I would love that. I think a lot of people would love that. I think it's a million dollar idea yeah. right there. We can make that happen. All right. That's that's one fantastic idea. One of, of a just thousand. Off, just off the dome yeah. right there. Uh, one thing that I forgot to mention early on is that uh, you're a podcaster too, my friend. I do have a podcast. You have your own podcast. Yeah. I don't know when the last episode you did, but you've got a lot of episodes. It's been a minute. I've got a couple more in the in the queue. So Hell we'll, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll get What's it called? There. It's called the 12-6 podcast. Um, I'll link it in the in the notes, so yeah, definitely check it out for sure. It's been fun talking baseball people talking to baseball people. Um, probably not the way you've ever heard us talk before. So I think it's I feel like baseball is one of the sports where you don't really get to hear a lot of baseball players talk. So even just hearing them converse about stuff, random shit, whatever, like it's great. And you've had a lot of cool guests on there too. Yeah, you had, had one of our really childhood ones. heroes, John Smoltz. Yeah, yeah, we've had some some really fun uh, some really fun people on. Yeah. And, People that yeah, I've I probably should not be interviewing, but they uh they've allowed me to, so I've done it. That's what I say about this podcast. I probably shouldn't be doing a podcast, but <laughs> who cares? I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> this is these are all humble brags. We're fucking killing this right now. This is the best episode yeah. that we've had so far. Uh, yeah, and honestly, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome, listener. Everybody. Thanks for being that's here. How man. That's how we <laughs> end it. Yeah, that's how we end it. Honestly, it's been this has been such a good conversation. I'm so I love your story. I'm excited for you to do more writing. I want you to just keep doing stories. I think uh, it, you're you're really good at it, and you don't give yourself enough credit most of the time, like like any good McHugh. Um, but 
I think you got to keep doing it, man. I think you've got some talent. I think you enjoy it. Um, and we should co-write something together at some point. I'm just going to put it on on the air right now. Wow. We should co-write something at some point. And since it's on air, you can't really say no because everybody's going to be mad at you. So Look out, Cohen brothers. Yeah. Hey. 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 The, the McCohen brothers. People have pronounced our name wrong forever. That's true. So it doesn't matter. It's yeah. close enough, honestly. Yeah. But um, but thank you so much for, for hanging out with me. It has been great to learn more about you, but also just to like talk. It's always good to catch up. Yeah, it's great. So... Thank you. You're welcome. Say say goodbye to everybody and uh, good night, everybody. Uh, sweet dreams and enjoy the rest of your lives. We're gonna enjoy the rest of this wine and uh, enjoy the fire, the metaphorical fire between us and and around all of us. I'm to throw some. Can I throw some uh, some salt on it? Throw some salt. What do you throw on it? Uh, sand. Uh, sand. Is that what it was? I don't know. I don't either. Is it salt? We're gonna say it's sand. Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. Music and lyrics by Evan McHugh, whose music can be found everywhere, so be sure to go buy his records, because I mean, come on, I know you're humming that S'more Stories intro right this second. All art and design done by the beautiful and talented Brittany Wyland, whose fantastic art can be found at mess.and.magic on Instagram, and you can follow me, Colby McHugh, on Instagram at Colby McHugh, and the podcast at S'more Stories Pod, where you'll be able to submit topics when I reach out periodically. Email me your stories at smorestoriespod at gmail.com. I promise you I will read them. You can follow along with the topics that have been chosen by writing your own stories or if you just want some eyes on something you're working on. I got you. Thanks for listening, everyone.